Show me the red wire. The red one. Yes, good. Now, you're going to plug that red wire where the blue wire goes in the board. Put the red wire where the blue wire goes in the board, okay? But don't let them touch. Oh, the jungle VIP. I've reached the top and had to stop, and that's what's bothering me. DFIM. Dank Barrett gets Monday, am I right? Hello and welcome. You're listening to Mouse Madness, a podcast dedicated to bracketing all things Disney. I'm Chris Bowersox. And I'm Kyle Skinner. And we are your hosts for Mouse Madness. Each episode will focus on a single Disney topic, generate a bracket, and debate our way through the madness to figure out who or what is truly the best. Follow us and play along on Twitter at Mouse Madness Pod or send us an email at mousemadnesspodcast at gmail.com. Chris, we are leaving the past in the past after our Disney Mania bracket, uh, which was a lot of fun. I think people really enjoyed that one. And we're stepping into the present with our 75th episode. Like, what? It's absolutely insane uh, about what the world was like when we first started this podcast. Yeah, I don't really realize can't really comprehend how we spent a solid six months doing this podcast without Disney+. Plus. Right. We were left to our own devices to just find the Disney content we needed to talk about. And also, uh, we were without one of the greatest cultural phenomenons of all time, Baby Yoda, a.k.a. Grogu, when we started Mm -hmm. this bracket. Uh, And he is obviously with us now (laughs) at all times in all spaces. And for this bracket, we wanted to pay our man some tribute. We got the best baby yoda moment bracket and to help us do that it's one of the biggest baby yoda fans i know ryan what's going on ryan what's going on guys it's it's really the most exciting zoom or podcast or voice chat i've been a part of since (laughs) we started doing this in the beginning of quarantine talk to me about your grogu fandom and a little bit about your star wars fandom i know you're super into uh our savior grogu yeah i mean my star wars fandom itself uh, it probably begun when I was like five or six and I would just watch my brother play uh, Shadows of the Empire on Nintendo 64. Nice. And I'm just, nice. you know, I was I was always a little too uh, shy and scared to actually hop in. So I would just sit and watch all the time. <laughs> and then uh, to be honest, like I, I kind of faded away with, from Star Wars once uh, I went through like, you know, grade school and high school. And then in college, once they started ramping up the uh, the sequel movies, then I, I don't know what happened. I just fully fell in love with it again. They started coming out with new video games, uh, the Battlefront games, and I just became like so invested. And then, of course, when they came out, I mean, the future of Star Wars is bigger than it ever is right now with everything they have planned. So, um, yeah, why not? Why not be fully invested now? And then, of course, we got Grogu. I uh, didn't really know what to expect coming into Mandalorian. <laughs> and then, you know. We have a, a tiny 50-year-old man that decides to take over the world. So I'm ready to get to it. And you are, you're calling in to us today from your new house. You've got a nice little fan cave set up. So what, what do you got surrounding you right now? Yes. Yes, I do. Yep. I've got, I've got a few little friends. <laughs> oh, yeah. A frog-eating e- frog Grogu. I've got a... Plush Grogu. 
That's uh, yeah. yeah. That's a deluxe mm-hmm. Grogu. No deluxe, no feet though. I mean, it's something going on. <laughs> Couldn't tell you what's going on under this nice little coat he's got, but not a whole lot. We've got that one. Not a whole lot. Yeah, I've got some. I got some photos too. I got. I got one of these. Oh yeah. There you go. Yeah. You also have an audio puppet of the best part of Rise of Skywalker. Oh. I do indeed. That is Babu Freak. <laughs> Let's go! <laughs> and and he chats too. He chats. <laughs> Just run through him here. that's the one that's the one so i actually got my wife and i matching babu frick uh shirts for christmas this year that just say hey yes oh my gosh i I love it that is so great all right well thank you for that brief tour through your fan cave ryan it is truly one of a kind um Y'all, before we get into all this baby Grogu stuff, we got to talk about what is accompanying us in our cups tonight. So let's talk some Spoonful of Sugar. Kyle, what are you drinking on the West Coast today? You know I had to honor our boy Grogu with a green drink for this first part of this bracket. So I went ahead and I looked up uh, some Midori drinks that I haven't already done because, you know, we'd be rocking Midori in some of our tiki drinks do a lot of tiki drinks on this podcast, so I, I had to find something a little different this time around. And I found something called the Midori Martini, which scared me a little bit when I read it, and uh, it actually turned out to be pretty good. So it's an ounce of Midori, an ounce of vodka, an ounce of lemon juice or lemonade. I went lemon juice. Lemonade felt a little weird. Yeah. Um, a fourth of an ounce of simple syrup, and then it asks for cherries. I'm not that fancy. So... <laughs> Put it all in a shaker, shake it on up, and it's actually really. It tastes like a Jolly Rancher, like a like a a green apple Jolly Rancher, and I am digging it. What you got, Chris? Well, today is January twenty second. It is a sad day in the sports world. Today is the anniversary of baseball losing Jordano Ventura. I'm rocking my Royals jersey from 2015 when they won the World Series, and also today we lost Hank Aaron. So I decided to drink a Cooperstown brewed beer. It's from Amagang Brewery. It is called a Neon Rainbows Hazy IPA. And y'all know I'm not a huge beer guy. Um, and I'm kind of like on a beer journey to find what beers I actually enjoy. And this one is a hazy IPA. It's probably a little bit too like IPA tasting for me, but it is very smooth. It's very easy to drink. So I'm a little bit like baffled at how that's even possible. Uh, I'm enjoying it. And, and I like the, the Cooperstown connection. Ryan, what do you got today? Awesome. Yeah. I'm, I'm th- I know I sent you a photo of uh, a Grogu margarita. It's very easy to make your martini last look like a baby Grogu. <laughs> yeah. I just didn't. I just didn't have the uh, the inventory to to make it happen. Fair, um, fair. But if you know me, you know I'm I'm an Irishman. Yep. And tomorrow night, Conor McGregor fights for our nation. So I'm I'm going with proper twelve. <laughs> nice. With a splash nice. splash of Sprite. <laughs> going hard in the paint for Grogu episode one, Conor McGregor. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> well, 
every bracket needs a demographic to be surveyed to determine our field of 16. And we had some insane Disney parks related news happen uh, this past week with the extinction retirement of the annual pass program in Disneyland Park in California. Uh, and we drew our demographic from that audience because there were a lot of people in there pinning the annual pass holder extinction on Rise of the Resistance virtual line abuse, which that was a real thing, but uh, I'm not sure that you can tack up the retirement of this whole program to that one small no, incident. But absolutely not. Clearly, there are people who really care about getting their Star Wars fixed, so we decided to ask those people on social media what the best Baby Yoda moment of all time is, and we've got a great field of 16 for you. But before we get into that, we've got to talk about some that just missed the dance. Kyle, do you have any Grogu moments that you remember that didn't quite make our field of 16? Yeah, I do, actually. The one that comes to mind immediately is when Grogu eats the ice spiders uh, in season yeah, two. That's a good because, one. because, first of all, that that episode was just as chaotic as could be from the very get-go. Introduction of this frog lady, got Grogu munching on some some little frog eggs, and it's just like, Grogu, stop trying. Grogu is so food motivated. We'll see that a yes. lot in this bracket. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, and we'll eat obviously anything. So the fact that like Grogu went and munched on an ice spider, which like woke up that ice monster, ice spiders like siblings, is just such a moment of that episode, you know. Um, and it it was the like escalation point of the rest of that season. Like fine, like it led them to this broken ass like ship uh and, and the repairs that had to take place because of that and and them launching into space because of that which leads us into another scene that's on this bracket so like it was really integral part of the of the season and i just think it's great because it encapsulates everything that grogu stands for <laughs> food and chaos sure chris what are a few for you well one for me that really stood out is grogu biting the scout trooper in yeah. chapter eight of season one of Mandalorian. I d I'm not sure if that's Taika Watiti in uh, Scout Trooper costume. Might be. Don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But uh, he reaches his hand into like the bag that they're carrying Grogu in, and, and Grogu bites his finger. And <laughs> Grogu is a very territorial being, <laughs> which we see a lot. And uh, I just like that really small moment. Uh, it, it was funny seeing like this Imperial trooper reacting in such like a human frustrated type way uh, and also it was just uh just cool to see grogu with some bite <laughs> ryan what about you so my moment is probably more of a you know, we get a lot of like mando and and grogu combined moments um and my i can't I, I don't know which exactly episode it is in season two when uh grogu's held hostage by a little creature out in it must be on like Tatooine um, and uh, Mando trades his jetpack for Grogu and then Mando sends the creature soaring into space with the jetpack until he plummets <laughs> to his death. And I just the the innocence of Grogu in his father's arms and watching his eyes track this body as it plummets down into the sand. And then they have that moment where they look at each other and go, eh is just that is just uh 
maybe my favorite father son moment of of the show. So I, I I had to had to throw that one out there. All right, y'all. We got a lot of Grogu to talk about, so let's get into it. We've got our field of sixteen that we're ready to announce. Let's cue that dramatic music. Kyle, take us away. He's got the power. Coming in at the number one seed from season one, episode two, Grogu saves Mando from the Mudhorn. Talk about tossing your cookies. Coming in at number two, Grogu eating too many macaroons from season two, episode four. Rolling up with his own spoonful of sugar to the number three seed from season one, episode four, is Grogu sipping on soup on Sorgon. The heel turn is real. Coming in at number four, it's Grogu's Frog Egg Feast from Season 2, Episode 2. Practice makes perfect for the number five seed. Straight out of Season 2, Episode 5, it's Grogu learning to use the Force with Ahsoka Tano. And unto us, a child is born. Coming in at number six, Grogu meeting Mando, Season 1, Episode 1. Goodbye, my lover. Goodbye, my friend. Walking out of Mando's life and into the number seven seed from season two, episode eight, is Grogu saying goodbye to Mando. No touching! Coming in at number eight, Grogu messes with Mando's controls from season one, episode four. At the number nine seed, bending fire like he's done it all of his life from season one, episode eight, is Grogu roasting a stormtrooper. I am Grogu. Coming in at number ten, Grogu helping Mando fix the Razor Crest from season two, episode four. That was an attempt at a Baby Groot impression. I, I, got, I got it. I got okay, it. Okay, good. Good. <laughs> Can you hear him now? Coming in at the 11th seed from Season 2, Episode 6, is Grogu activating his Force Beacon. Baby Bjorn? Nah, Baby Yoda. Coming in at number 12, Grogu rides in IG-11's chest pocket in Season 1, Episode 8. Bringing a Force Choke to an arm wrestle fight is our number 13 seed from Season 1, Episode 7. It's Grogu Force Chokes... Kara Dune. Say my name, say my name. If Grogu is around you, say Baby Yoda, I love you. Coming in at number 14 is Grogu's name reveal from season two, episode five. It's playtime at our number 15 seed. Out of season one, episode four, it's Grogu plays with the kids on Sorgon. Little Grogu, big appetite. Rounding out the bracket at number 16 is Grogu eating tentacle chowder from season two, episode three. All right, Ryan, we've got our field of 16. Any early favorites on your radar? I, I definitely have one, a, certainly a favorite in mind. I don't know if I should just go in on it, so I'm, I'm going to hold back on it before we get to it. But I'd have to say that the uh, everything that involves eating food has an early leg up for me. The food motivation is real. It's really real. And it becomes like more real as the series progresses. Okay, well, let's go ahead and get into this. Let's see if there is a true Cinderella story uh, in our midst. And we're going to talk about this first matchup. It is the number one seed, Grogu saving Mandor from the Mudhorn from season one, episode two, facing off versus Grogu eating the tentacle chowder from season two, episode three. Uh, So right off the top in the first matchup, we have some food motivation. I mean, Baby Yoda has the appetite of a Mudhorn, like Grogu is eaten and will be eaten. Uh, He's just a monster. I'm going to start with the first seed here to start this discussion off. And I'm going to remind everybody that I say every single time we talk about this topic, I 
don't care a lot about Star Wars. <laughs> like, at all. Uh, my favorite Star Wars thing is probably The Mandalorian, though. I'm going to be talking real surface-level stuff. I'm going to bring a perspective that is not from a pure fandom point. And that all starts here with this first seed. And this first seed was dope. I mean, like, this little baby, Mando is getting his ass beat. And this is also, like, one of the first times I feel like, and shout out to Colton Denning if he listens to the podcast, but, like, he brought up that this episode was the first time that we really get to see a, like, Star Wars hero getting his ass beat. Like, cut up by something it's he's not mando's not able to just fly away shoot this mud horn defeat it super easily use the force to do so like mando cannot stand a chance with this thing and to see grogu who effectively up until this point hasn't done a whole lot has sat in his baby carrier uh and followed mando along uh we don't really know what's up 50-year-old baby, you got any powers? Can you do anything? You got a little blaster in that egg of yours? Like, show us what you got. And one lift of the hand and everything changes. And, like, that I feel like is was foreshadowed for us in the first episode. Like, him reaching out to Mando was not only, like, you know, a child reaching up to their dad, which is a huge theme of this entire series, but also, like, I'm I will protect you like I I'm I have this connection with you and I'm out here like making sure that you're going to stay safe and that hand raise you see it all the time from the choke to the the use of the force to stop this mud horn so it was great um and afterwards like a big appeal of anything Grogu related is this like cuteness appeal, right? I want to see Grogu also being real cute and Grogu gets real cute when he gets real tired and he gets real tired after having stopped this rhino. Hand goes up, exhausted. He stopped this monster (laughs) using the force and he's out. Nap time, which is super cute. That's a huge appeal of this character in general. That's what made Baby Yoda so popular is how cute he is. Um, so you get kind of that whole package like this isn't just as cute sidekick this is a character who is going to influence the path of this series and it starts off here at season two uh, or at episode two season one uh, on the other side it's Grogu eating the tentacle chowder which was my least favorite thing that he ate in this entire series uh, including the frog part like I could handle the frog but the tentacle stuff was a little weird uh, and I just don't I just don't think it stands a chance against Grogu stopping a monster in this first round. So I'm going number one seed moving on. Yeah, like I said, the the food obsession thing gets more prevalent as the series goes on. And there's a few moments in the first season where he does some food stuff. It's like the soup on Sorgan. He's got he eats a couple frogs, right? Like Ryan's bobblehead. That frog eating is is from season yeah. one, but it seems like every single episode in season two, like he's just doing another food thing, and like I don't really know how I feel about that. Like it, it feels like a quirk, which is great. Like it's great for a character to have a quirk like that, but it seems to be like it's almost like it's impacting his motivations too much, to the point where it almost feels silly. But I mean, maybe that's the point. I don't know. So, um, 
the tentacle chowder thing is just it's one of those things that's not really super influential on the plot. It's just kind of like a little gag happening on the the side of the screen to to refresh people's memory. They land on the frog lady's planet and go into a bar and they ask an Admiral Akbar looking dude for some food and he brings a hose down from the ceiling that shoots chowder out of it. <laughs> well, which is kind of dope, I guess. And then there's like a little tiny octopus in it. And so Grogu looks into the bowl and the, the octopus jumps out and attacks Grogu's face. And then Mando goes, stop playing with your food. And then he like knifes the octopus off of his face. And then Grogu's looking down at the bowl like, what in the hell was that? And like, that's the thing that's interesting is that I can never tell when Grogu knows he's playing with his food or like he's being like Jar Jar Binks where just like crazy hijinks happen to him. I think he's legitimately, yeah, I think he's legitimately trying to always eat things like it's just his goal. Like with the frog, the the one when he's on the, on Sorgon eating the frog, and all the kids are like staring at him, right? And he's either like too embarrassed because they're all like laughing, or the frog's just too big at at that moment because it just plops out of his mouth. So <laughs> <laughs> it feels like it feels like they're just leaning heavily into his childlike tendencies, you know, like toddlers always wanting to put absolutely everything in their mouth that they see on the ground you know and you have to keep an eye on these kids because of that reason uh and so it was almost that like relatability factor for the audience to be like yeah this is a baby all right <laughs> like of course playing with their food and putting frogs in their mouth so do you think he's playing with this octopus intentionally or do you think it was an accident doesn't it do we see it leap onto his face yeah, 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 yeah. It jumps out of the bowl. I mean, I think he he's seriously curious because he's looking at the soup as it's like swishing around and he's like, what in the hell is going on here? And then it sucks on yeah. his face. By the way, there's no way that that octopus could have came out of that chowder tube because I went and rewatched it and the tube is like small. <laughs> and his, the, the, the octopus is pretty big. Well, aren't octopus known for like escaping through piping and oh, and like aquariums yeah. and stuff? I don't, I don't know that they have like a skeletal structure. I think they can. That's true. Get through yeah. stuff. Um, wow, that's interesting. Why didn't he use like his camouflage and hide in the corner of the soup bowl? <laughs> he was ready for action. He wanted those right. hands. Um, Underestimated the power of that adorable little creature. Yeah. So. In this t this tentacle chowder moment, we also get a, a tiny glimpse at Grogu's buck tooth. He he looks up at Mando. It's kind of like a side eye Chloe thing. Like you remember that girl from the the viral video? I can't remember what the video is, but they pan over to her in the car scene. She's like, Yeah, they're going oh, to Disneyland, yeah. and yeah. the and the sister's losing her mind, and Chloe has no idea what's going on. Yeah. So, so Grogu has this buck tooth that deeply reminds me of side-eye chloe and like he gives that face in this moment after the octopus goes back into the bowl grogu looks up and is like uh so so i love the buck tooth i didn't notice it in the first season like he might be growing teeth for for a baby that's 50 years old to grow teeth in a span of like I don't know what the timeline of this was. That is true. <laughs> you know? That is true. That is true. 
Um, I do like the mudhorn thing. I, I have a question. Maybe Ryan can answer this one. Mando takes the mudhorn as his signet. And I don't remember when that happens because I feel like after this battle happens, he goes to the armor and he's like, I don't deserve it. Like it was not an honorable kill or something like that. Um, so he doesn't take the mudhorn and then he ends up with it at some point, but I can't remember when. Yeah, I don't I don't recall that. That's um that is a good question, yeah. Regardless, uh he ends up with it. He ends up with a mudhorn eventually. And I just think it's interesting that that kind of connects him and Grogu like forever. Yeah. Even though Grogu might go off and train with Luke and become friends with Ben Skywalker, <laughs> like he will always have that connection with totally. Grogu. So I really like that. So the Mudhorn to me is like really uh visually significant. The tentacle chowder is fun. It, it's fun to break down, but I think as far as like best Grogu moments go, uh, it's got to be the Mudhorn for me here. So Ryan, do you agree with that decision? Totally agree. <laughs> Moving on. All right, let's do it. Next up, we've got the number eight seed Grogu messing with Mando's controls, which takes place in Season 1, Episode 4, which is the episode Sanctuary, Chapter 4. Going up against the number 9 seed, Grogu roasting a stormtrooper, which comes from Season 1, Episode 8, Chapter 8, Redemption. Uh, So, when Mandalorian first came out, Twitter was obsessed with Baby Yoda. Oh, yeah. Like, every single shot of Baby Yoda, it was like a new meme. People were trying to make every single thing Grogu did a meme. And Mando messing with the controls is is one of the first ones. It was a moment where they're flying down. I think Mando's ship was busted up somehow. So they're they're flying into Sorgan and Grogu keeps flipping this little green switch. Yeah. And then Mando like fixes it and Grogu's like flips it again. Uh, and Mando's like, stop touching things. And then and, and that's it. Like, that's the moment. Yeah. But I guess people really related to this moment where Grogu was just being totally, like, unaware of how dangerous it can be to play with some moving vehicle's controls. <laughs> I was not the type of kid to, like, play around with my parents' automobile while it was in motion. But maybe this is that was, like, a normal thing. <laughs> For people <laughs> i think it was a fear of parents everywhere that like yeah. don't keep yeah. buttons around these children because they're gonna press them no matter what it's that same like childlike tendency thing that we keep going back to with, uh with baby yoda with grogu here that the writers intentionally did to make us like see this character as very endearing so that when grogu popped off it was like i didn't see him having that in him <laughs> you know like why is this baby bending fire this is crazy I think this moment also reveals Grogu's fascination with like little blinky, flashy light things. He's he's very much like a child or an animal where he likes those those types of things. And so seeing the the light switch change colors and stuff, uh, that's that's become a, a character quirk of his. And this was one of the first times we got to see that. Yeah, I think this was really like the first. This is literally the first moment when we learn. All right, he's a mischievous little you know what you it know, is like so yeah. so for that's why this and this when you speaking of memes this is where this is probably the most popular set of like a meme trend we saw where 
he flips a switch or a button and then people would put whatever insert your song here that yep. he decided to blast through the ship which was <laughs> yeah, really right, right. really fun that, super yeah, fun yeah the memification of baby yoda was fascinating to watch um when it first came out so that moment is going up against grogu roasting the stormtrooper so this is after ig11 brings baby yoda back into wherever they're holed up when Moff Gideon shows up. Um, Mando is like down for the count. He's about to <laughs> die. He's like, yet he's again, like, leave me here. Weak ass Mando. And then this moment is so good. All of a sudden you get that like classic Star Wars, like, <laughs> like slow-mo, something bad's about to happen. Stormtrooper walks in with a giant flamethrower. You get like Cara Dune, and uh, Carl Weathers looking up. They're like, do they do like the reaction yes. shot? They're like, oh, oh. And then, and then Grogu does that. Grogu looks up and he's like, he's like, Dah? It's, it's the it's back like, of his head. Yeah. It's literally the flame trooper coming in. And then you just see the just, back of his head literally like rise up. Like. His tiny head doesn't even cover one third of the screen. It's right. just like, yeah. and he can't, he can't lift his arms over his head. So normally when you have like a hero in the last stand, it's someone who's like super muscular and they're like in this awesome like athletic pose to, to go down fighting and then Grogu can't lift his arms over his head. It's just like, <laughs> And of course, like he takes this flamethrower flame <laughs> Three three fingered Grogu with his six whole fingers <laughs> takes this ball of fire and just shoots it right back at the stormtrooper. Uh, and he blows up. Yep. And then what happens to Grogu after that? He gone. He, he passes he, out. He goes sleep. It's nap time. Yep. <laughs> nap time for Grogu. Yep, yep. Um I don't think we can possibly understate the importance of these moments where Grogu saves the day with these random outbursts of incredible force power. And uh, I, I love the mischievous side of Grogu, but I think from a story perspective, it's much more interesting and intriguing to see Grogu do these incredible acts of strength. So I'm going with the Grogu Stormtrooper epic moment. Yeah, I think like these silly mischievous Grogu moments walk so that his epicness can run. You know, like oh, yeah, it sets yeah, up yeah. the stage for this very lovable character to save the day. And it's just that much more epic when it does happen. I mean, a baby saving the day, it like put that like, oh, what's the Mandalorian about? Well, this guy finds this baby and then the baby saves the day. <laughs> it's like, what is, what is that? And then you watch it, you're like, this is so great. So uh yeah i i agree with you the memes that came out of uh him changing pressing the buttons that was like changing the radio station in a car was phenomenal people had an absolute field day with it and it was great and extremely memorable um but it didn't quite harness all that it is to be uh baby yoda to be grogu for me so I'm with you. So, Ryan, you're not breaking a tie here, but uh, what do you think about that choice to move the firebending Grogu on? So, I just want to weigh in. I, you made a really good point there with, you know, the power of Grogu. What is the power of Grogu? That's a question we're going to be asking ourselves. Yeah. 
is it his ability to save the day by using the force and, you know, being this all powerful force wielding creature that is, that is what star Wars is essentially the use of the force, but you can't, you know, is that his power or is his power, his ability to captivate the world with his unbelievable adorableness in all that he does? Oh yeah. Cause when you, when you go to Twitter the next morning, the gif isn't of the stormtrooper flying through the door, you know. Right. Yeah, it's of him. <laughs> it's of him flipping on a Hannah Montana song in the <laughs> Razor Crest or something like that, you know. So, so it is. That's going to be the question we are going to be faced with a lot here, um, for the sake of the power that he showed in that moment. And it's it's tough for me because you know. In that moment, you kind of expect we've seen him do it with the Mudhorn, and now it's like everyone's down, and you're kind of sitting there expecting like he's gonna he's gonna come through here, right? He's it's gonna be him again, and then versus, you know, it's not as powerful a moment, but it is the first time we see he's a little mischievous guy, and like it's introducing us to that side of him. Um, so this is a good one. I mean, this is a classic eight nine matchup. Oh yeah. So. Uh, I I will go I will go Stormtrooper here because he was that was season finale and uh, it was it was epic moment for sure so I'm gonna go there but don't don't count me out on on it taking an adorable moment over over a force wielding moment in the future <laughs> I don't blame you and I can imagine that it's gonna happen so let's move on to the next matchup it is number four Grogu's frog egg eating feast from season two episode two. Verse the number 13 seed, uh, Grogu Force Choking Cara Dune from season one, episode seven. Uh, so we'll start over with our, our friend Cara Dune, who's actually not our friend because it seems like she's not a great human being, um, <laughs> in real life. <laughs> she kind of sucks in the show, she kinda, yeah, yeah. She's <laughs> overall, she's not great, okay? So, uh Mando and Kara are having a nice little arm wrestling match in this episode. And uh, this is where we see that kind of connection uh, really come out. The protectiveness that Chris brought up earlier between Grogu and Mando where, you know, Grogu is like a almost pet like, you know, you don't really think that the babiness would show here. Like, I don't think a baby would like crawl out of their crib and like attempt to attack the attacker of their parents they'd probably just sit there and, and cry and be scared but this was very pet like like a like a puppy dog almost you know like the owner's in trouble and the puppy's gonna nip at whoever's attacking their owner and that was that grogu had enough he, he saw enough he's gonna end this fight just with a nice little force choke of Kara Dune, who was like very convinced that she was going to die. <laughs> like she was like, he could have killed me. It's like, oh my gosh, how strong is this baby's three fingers? Six. <laughs> Six, yeah. <laughs> Together. Um so this this uh you know, I talk I've been talking a lot about Grogu's kind of like childlike innocence and uh, we brought up his mischievous tendencies and this is kind of that that innocence part I think a little bit where he doesn't quite understand the situation that's unfolding in front of him he he thinks that this is you know dangerous and he needs to intervene much like a, a kid might not get a joke or get a situation 
uh, just his reaction isn't that of a kid. It's that of like a, a protective pet. <laughs> um, and so it, it really lends to, you know, that, that character development that we see from Grogu, where Grogu is kind of making these instinctive choices and in regards to Mando, and then we'll continue to make these instinctive choices throughout season two. Like you think about like him knowing exactly, well, finding exactly how to activate the beacon and like the, the instinct to go with Luke, like very instinctual little creature Grogu is. And this is highlighting that with the, the fact that he's like, Oh, if Mando's in trouble, like, first of all, he saved me. So I'm gonna forever protect him. And two, I'm a, I'm gonna do what I have to do, which is almost kill his like one and only friend that we see Mando with, uh, during the season across the bracket, uh, Grogu's food motivation rears its weird ass head at us once again in this bracket. Okay. I have some issues with this, the scene with the sequence, because it's kind of like the, the, the rule of threes in comedy where it, it's old after the third time. I feel like this crossed that line. So Mando has to transport this frog lady to her husband. Uh, and the frog lady has a backpack full of eggs in water, much like a Red Bull girl that drives around in like the Mini Coopers. No, no. <laughs> Just a backpack full of the little eggs in that same exact canister. Uh, oh that's all God. I could think about when I saw it. And no. it, instantly Grogu's like, I'm going to eat them eggs. I'm going to eat them. And that's all I'm going to spend this episode trying to do is eat them eggs. And he does. What's really interesting is Grogu's mouth is very small and these eggs are fairly big and Grogu just swallows them like Ed, Ed and Eddie with like their jawbreakers, just boom, just pop them in the mouth. And it was like silly and funny at the beginning. But when the scene when the frog lady's like sleeping and Grogu's in the back eating them and Mando turns around is like, no, what are you doing? Stop it. And he like looks at Mando and still like pops one in his mouth was just so obvious as like a, a scene choice for me that I kind of rolled my eyes at it. I was just like, uh, that's the easy trope to go with the, the, you know, like the kid reaching in and then like disobeying their, their parent. But I don't think that's who Grogu, Grogu is necessarily. Grogu's pretty obedient to Mando and wanting to help and wanting to essentially obey and i know that grogu is mischievous but not to the point where like like in this eating way i don't know it just felt like it wasn't quite the same mischievousness as some of the other stuff that grogu was doing the thing is though like that moment definitely was extremely bizarre and memorable and i honestly forgot that Grogu even did this force choke thing of Cara Dune in season one. Like when I saw this on the bracket and went back to watch it, I was like, I don't even really remember this scene. It was very insignificant to me. Um, maybe because all of the other displays of force that Grogu shows us is extravagant in these massive ways of stopping a, a mud horn or bending fire or speaking to Jedi's in a vacuum. Uh, so I don't know. This just wasn't that memorable for me. And it just didn't really impact me, I guess, like the mischievous, weird egg eating. So I'm a I'm a go with the egg eating here, Chris. 
So I didn't watch Mandalorian season two, like in real time. I didn't watch the episodes as they were released. I waited till it was all over and I binged and I'm not someone who's like a total spoiler phobe for most things. So I would follow along and like read plot synopsis and reactions on Twitter, like as things were happening on Mandalorian. And I was very, very confused when I woke up on a Friday morning one time to see people talking about how Grogu is guilty of genocide. (laughs) And I was like, what is going on now? And I like dived into a few of the tweets and it was like frog ladies species is endangered and they're using Grogu's food motivation slash mischievous comedy beats to just like make people laugh and and therefore the Mandalorian is using genocide as comedy and I don't know that's kind of a a stretch for me I understand the logic but uh, I, I think it's a little bit too far out there I I am more disappointed in the Mandalorian reducing Grogu to comedy beats only in this moment because it's two episodes into the season and we really haven't seen Grogu do a lot of things at this point yet besides funny food things. Um, So it was almost like frustrating for me to see him become like an Olaf of sorts where it's just like every time we cut to Grogu, he's doing something funny with food and I'm like, come on, man. So that was kind of like my reason I I rolled my eyes. Uh, The forest choke is interesting because when Grogu's force choking Cara Dune, Grogu's face is like intense. This is one of the only times like we see Grogu get like truly angry looking in the Mandalorian. He's like motivated to do some damage on Cara Dune here, which which is interesting. And I guess that kind of eventually leads to Ahsoka Tano saying that he's, you know, afraid and has attachment issues and that's why he can't be trained and that kind of stuff. But Um, It was interesting to see. For me, I think what puts the force choke over the edge is that it's representative of the, to quote Qui-Gon Jinn, symbiotic relationship that Mando and Grogu have. Uh, They are always looking out for each other, and the force choke is proof of that. I groaned for multiple reasons with this frog egg feast thing, and I like the force choke better. So Ryan's going to have to break his first tie here. Well... I didn't want to dive into my favorite <laughs> when we were heading into the bracket, but oh boy, here we go. I'm a pretty dark guy, right? <laughs> and uh, that little creature creating mass genocide is just, <laughs> and for me to still love him more after that says a lot. But let me let me let me dive inside here. <laughs> <laughs> Let me dive into both sides here a little All bit. Right. So the the force choke on Cara Dune, like I agree. When I went back and watched, I'm like, man, he is angry, and that's awesome. But where it's it 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 kind of I get lost in it a little bit is he witnesses Mando and Cara Dune meet each other when they have that like epic fight, and that's when they cut to him sipping the soup. Right. Mm. So if he's not going right. to use the force in a moment where a stranger is attacking his father <laughs> and he's just going to sip soup, I know there's food there and that might be 
motivating him or distracting him. Yeah. But like, you know, it was almost I I like it and I like him protecting Mando with the with the force choke and the arm wrestling. But like, it was like where. Where was this this sudden turn? Huh. Like at at the point when he forced choke his Cara Dune, he already knows that they're Mando and her on good terms and they're like working together. Right. So then why now because they're arm wrestling force choke her in that moment? So that was, you know, it's a it's a funny moment and I'm all for Grogu going at Cara Dune and, you know, <laughs> making her almost suffocate to death. But for me, the power, uh, this is where we choose, you know, the power of the Force versus the power of the adorableness of Grogu. The power of him, of course, there were people up in arms. There's going to be people up in arms. I know you guys aren't totally in love with the with the frog eating. But the power of him to do that and then to still come away on Twitter where I think the majority of people were still in love with him is, <laughs> is the power of Grogu. So I'm going with the frog frog feast. <laughs> For so. him to, to, for him to, to create mass destruction, mass and people destruction. and people still love him. That yeah, points to Grogu. <laughs> that is him. Yep. Sure, sure. Grogu is immune to online yep. criticism. Yep. <laughs> okay, so Grogu's frog egg feast. We'll move on to the next round. All right, let's talk about our next matchup. It's the number five seed Grogu learning the Force from Ahsoka Tano, which is featured in season two, episode five, chapter 13, The Jedi. Going up against the 12 seed Grogu riding in IG-11's chest pocket, which is seen in chapter eight, Redemption. That's season one, episode eight. So we talked about this chest pocket scene in our best Disney robot bracket we eventually crowned ig11 as the winner of the best disney robot and we specifically pointed to this scene in particular as like part of our justification (laughs) for that um ig11 has been reprogrammed to be a nurse droid and his directive is protect baby yoda at all costs so he goes in he steals Grogu from those scout troopers that Grogu had previously bitten on the finger and he rides his speeder bike back into town and he's got Grogu just like in a little front pocket and he is going so fast. IG-11 whips out a couple blasters and just starts capping people. Bah, 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 bah. Yep. Cut to baby Yoda who is loving his life. He's like, Whoa! Living the best life. We do not see Baby Yoda more excited at all in the whole series. Like, this is the peak of Grogu's happiness. So, my question to y'all is Does Grogu love the thrill of like flight and speed, which we see briefly at the end of season two when um, they're flying over Ramona slash Southern California and Grogu's like kind of happy about it? Or does Grogu love death? And he's like thinks it's so funny that these stormtroopers are getting caught because like he also eats baby frogs. So which one is it? <laughs> no, he's on a ride, bro. He's loving he's loving the roller coaster thrill. You see him in the razor crest and he's eating the macaroons and he's up there like this. But also <laughs> he's he's watching these stormtroopers get fried after he was just getting bullied by two scout troopers that were that were trying to you know, one of them punched him and they're like keeping him hostage. Like, so, yeah, I mean, I, it could be a very well combination of both, you know, watching these guys get fried who were just bullying you versus doing it while you're speeding around town. 
Talk about worst Grogu moment is him getting punched by a scout yeah. trooper. Yeah. Brutal. <laughs> Brutal. Heartbroken. Grogu getting baby snatched. Grogu getting punched in the head. <laughs> Dang. Um, yeah, I mean, these are like the small things that new Star Wars just doesn't seem to take the time to do. Hmm. You know, like, let's establish this little guy as a thrill junkie like mostly meaningless to like the story quote unquote but it's like a fun little character quirk that makes him a, a well-rounded individual so i love that little little piece of his personality uh, that moment is going up against grogu learning the force from ahsoka tano um Ryan, what's who is Ahsoka Tano? Because I don't know. Kyle doesn't know. We're not big Star Wars like uh, show people. Yeah. I, I've seen all the movies, and that's basically it. So I I'm still struggling to get through Clone Clone Wars myself. But essentially, she is Anakin Skywalker's Padawan through the Clone Wars. Um, so she works directly under him. Um, I haven't gotten through it all, but essentially. She doesn't finish her training. You know, I mean, obviously Anakin becomes Darth Vader and there's a lot of things that end up clouding who she is and like what she believes in. So she ends up being, she's not considered a Jedi, but she's obviously a force wielding being. Force user. Yeah. yeah. So she's kind of, when we, when we meet her, she's kind of, you know, an independent in herself, like kind of doing what she believes to be to be is the right thing in, in the world and stuff. I mean, she's obviously a good person that does well for the galaxy, but uh, she's right, not technically right. under she, like Jedi She's an order. independent contractor. Yeah. Yep. yeah. She files her own taxes. Yep. 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 Um, <laughs> so in this moment, like they've decided to test Grogu's force abilities basically. And like his ability to use the force on command. So, Ahsoka Tano takes a pebble and she like floats it to Grogu. Grogu catches it and he like Gronk spikes it on the ground because he has no idea what to do with that pebble. Um, and then Ahsoka Tano like bring comes in close and she's like, I sense fear in him. He's hidden his abilities to survive over the years. Then she brings in Mando to try the same thing, like get him to, to like, throw the pebble back to them using the force doesn't work. Then he gets out his little silver ball from the razor crest, which Grogu also has a fixation with and uh, Grogu freaking at a hundred miles an hour, like <laughs> grabs it. We need Grogu starting a catcher for the New York Yankees is all I'm saying. <laughs> so anyways, eventually the attachment to Mando makes Grogu untrainable in the eyes of Ahsoka Tano. I don't know. This scene is like really boring to me. It, it doesn't really reveal any new information to me or information that I care about. Like Grogu's journey as a Jedi is not what gets me to watch the show or get me to like Grogu. Like I like his little hijinks, his random bursts of force. It almost makes him more interesting that he's like unpredictable force user. Oh yeah. You know? And so like them trying to kind of like get him to be a, uh, establishment Jedi, I'm not 100% sure I'm like rooting for him to be that. So uh, I'm going with the upset here. I'm going with Grogu riding in IG-11's chest pocket. Yeah, I'm with you on the uh, 
the force training being fairly boring. I was hoping that it would reveal more. I mean, what it revealed to me was who Ahsoka Tano was in a nutshell, because she does admit in that episode that she's not a Jedi and that there's something clouded with that. So me as a viewer uh, who has seen a Star War once or twice doesn't need to know her entire background I can get that there's something kind of troubling her and she has a backstory and if I'm interested I can go check it out and then it's just like it it felt like I was watching a dog being trained at Petco and then it's not performing for the trainer until the owner comes in you know it was it was almost predictable like of course Grogu's gonna have a little stage fright being put in front of this stranger and asked to perform and you know, it feels much more comfortable in his own sphere. But like, that's not, that's not Grogu, you know, like, and, and sh- she reveals that he's afraid and that he acts on fear, which is what a lot of his like epic moments are, is that probably he's like scared that adrenaline's Russian, he knows what he has to do. And that's not present here. But like, we know Grogu as as someone that comes up clutch. And if he wanted to come up clutch and like perform and, and use the force here, he probably would have. Um, and it also just set us up like to go on this journey where he does perform this like Jedi ritual to then activate this beacon. So like it almost made him seem super weak. Like maybe he can't control the force and all of a sudden he's like communicating with Jedi's, <laughs> you know? So it felt a little weird. The scene itself was just bizarre other than to further establish and solidify the relationship that he has with Mando as if anyone did had any concern that that was, you know, wearing off at any point. Um, so I, I actually like, I'm kind of surprised because I feel like this moment I don't know, to you, Chris, may have felt more Star Wars. Like there was an explanation being given to, you know, Grogu's force using abilities and we have to sit through them kind of talking about it. And you've brought up in our Mandalorian season two discussion in the best Disney thing of 2020 uh, that like some of the greatest scenes in this are them talking about Star Wars. And I feel like this was a lot of that moment. So I'm surprised that you didn't go with this uh but i so i'm agreeing with you here uh mostly because grogu does have so much fun ig11 is the best disney robot i will say though ig11 like at one point so he's rushing through on the speeder bike through town merkin folks right and grogu is on the front and then after he gets and ditches the speeder bike he whips his body around so that grogu's now on his back and it feels like Grogu probably should have been on his back the entire time, considering the shots were coming at him when they were on the speeder bike from in front and not necessarily from in the back. It's just it's just how I felt. I was like, you could do this the whole time? But what's the Why thrill is Grogu in, in the What's the thrill in being in the back? You want to be the one in the front with the bullets flying at you. <laughs> yeah. He Gro- Grogu elected for the front car of that roller coaster. I guess, like, you can see the attack coming at you. Sure. Like, IG-11, I mean, doesn't he have, like, 360 vision, too? It's like, his whole yeah. head has eyes all around. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I get what you're saying. I yeah, yeah, yeah. Saying. Yeah, no, it was just something that I, I picked out in reviewing 
this episode, but I'm with you. I'm moving on uh, that moment. So Ryan, are you happy with the us choosing like a, a baby Grogu having fun moment here? Or did you want some force action happening? Yeah, no, I think I think you guys hit all the points pretty well. I mean, it's cool in the moment. I mean, using learning to use the force is cool, but we already know he knows how to use the force. We already know when he's right. put in those positions where he has to, he will. Um, I mean, we already know he was at the Jedi Temple on Coruscant, and that's where he was hidden when Anakin came to, you know, Order 66 and all that jazz. Merc. Execute yeah. Order 66. Yep. So, um, you know, we, we know that he's been trained in the Force. It's just been a while. So, you know, it's like anything else. It just takes you a little bit to get back on your feet with it. And if it, if it if anything, it is a really cute moment for him and in Mando because Mando is the one who ends up helping him be able to control it and use it because he has the shifter knob and, and all that jazz. But, but yeah, like we said before with, with the IG 11 stuff, like not just him riding it in that moment, but the fact that beforehand he was getting punched and literally like held by two moron scout troopers that have horrible aim, which was fun. That part was fun. I had to point it out when they're trying to shoot yeah. whatever they're trying to shoot. That was fun. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I agree with that one. And uh, it was that was just a super fun part versus a very kind of slow-moving part with, with Ahsoka. Although I think it was important to show that, it's not as great a moment, which is what this bracket is, the best moments. That it is. So let's head over to the other side of the bracket, where is the number two uh, Grogu eating too many macaroons from season two, episode four versus the number 15 seed Grogu playing with the kids on Sorgon from season one, episode four. We got a couple of uh, Grogu being a kid instances. We got a couple of food motivation instances. We got uh, a, a, a father having to leave their kid off with the schoolmates instances like this is it felt very much like the same scenes <laughs> just in two different seasons uh when when they arrive on sorgon and they're dealing with all of the issues and and mando is talking with the the like i don't know the leader of this tribe that they've come across this is going to be the best star wars explanation of this bracket <laughs> right now are these two seeds so feel free to jump in and clarify for our audience listening if, if you need a uh, any if you feel like i'm not doing a good job over here uh so uh and grogu wants to go play with the kids and the the lady tribe leader lady who's talking to mando's like oh no let him go he's gonna be fine and Mando's looking like he just dropped Grogu off at kindergarten for the first day of school. You know, like, I don't, I don't is he going to be okay? Should it, like, do, shouldn't I be watching him? Should somebody be watching him? Is there an adult out there? And Grogu's out there just having fun. Also, like, great part of Grogu is the way that he walks. Love it. And, yes. And yes. we see that here uh, when he's walking with the kids and the kids are running away and he's just kind of like, waddling over near them there's a few instances in this uh bracket in which we get to see the scale of baby yoda next to real humans that's not in like an egg basket and it just always is so jarring at like how small grogu is and he's we like get six that inches hit. tall he's so he's small tight. 
<laughs> he's so small. He doesn't have knees either. That's why he not he waddles. He doesn't have knees. Right. His legs don't bend. No, no, he is just waddling, waddling side to side. And uh, this 15 seed is spread across multiple scenes in this episode. We get a bunch of cutbacks to what Grogu was up to as Mando's planning this like defense of this village. And Grogu's having time of his life. He doesn't even remember Mando. He's out here with his friends. He's chasing frogs, attempting to eat them, which Ryan has memorialized in the form of a bobblehead. Uh, the frog ends up getting spat out, but it's just the food motivation of Grogu. We get the childlike tendencies of just wanting to be a free you know, kid. And then when he leaves, it looks like he gets picked up at the end of his first day and has to like leave to go home. Except this time he won't see these kids again. And just he's just standing like a little grown man on the back of that that truck being driven away. And it is so like you see him kind of processing things and processing the world a little bit. Like I just had a an experience that wasn't me traveling with Mando. Like I there's other people out there. There are good people out there. They're not all trying to hunt me. I didn't feel threatened. And maybe he was reminded of uh, his time at the the Jedi Temple from from past, you know, being back around kids and, and remembering what his past was like. So it was cool, man. It was cool. That was a fun scene to see Grogu and his like childlike element. We don't get any cool like force stuff. We don't get any like Grogu power, but we get that power that Ryan has been alluding to of just like Grogu being an awesome character that's not on Chris's end, Olaf, in my opinion. And then that's up against number two, where uh, Grogu goes to actual school and is actually dropped off. And we get a little bit Mando has a little bit more of a weathered single father at this point. Uh, He's a little bit more of a Carl's weathered father at this point and he gets to drop off Grogu at school (laughs) took a little bit for that pun right (laughs) 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 wasn't that the episode where Carl comes back like (laughs) that was good wow yeah my brain had to run it back Mando drops him off at the school as him and Carl Weathers and everybody else go do whatever they're doing in that scene don't really remember and uh, Grogu sits next to a kid who is eating what we see as macaroons. And let me tell you, here's another Grogu and scale moment when they pan out to show the entire classroom and all of the kids are sitting in their <laughs> desks and then it's Grogu like sitting, ju- like his head just above the, the desk. And it's just like every time, <laughs> every time I'm just like, this, this, this being is so small. Um, this scene was highly relatable because Grogu was acting like any other kid that sees somebody open up a packet of gum in middle school and is just like, oh, yo, can, can I get some gum? It's exact I gum? note I wrote in my in my document. Exact note. I wrote, I said, this is very relatable, like asking for a piece of gum in class. <laughs> see it's this character is so relatable in so many ways and the kid's reaction who has the gum is just that same like 
uh, d- except this is like out in the open, but the gum kid was always like, oh no, that, that was my last piece or I only have one more and like closes the package. This macaroon kid was just like, no, you weird baby. Like <laughs> I'm not giving you any of my snacks. You're literally the new kid. So, I'm not giving you a piece of gum. <laughs> you're, you're the w- weird new kid. I can't associate with you. Uh, if Ahsoka was like, you know, Grogu's scared, he sure wasn't scared when it comes to food because he force grabbed that thing real quick right over to his desk. And that was just interesting because, you know, he only comes up clutch really with his with his powers when it comes to danger. And here was that like food motivation coming through. Very dog like. <laughs> I keep bringing that up like. Dogs will be real strong if there's treats around, you know, and this was that instance. And then that wasn't even the best part of this episode. The best part was what Chris already talked about was when they're in the Razor Crest escaping that TIE fighter and they're doing all these spins and whirls in the up in the air above Chris's backyard. And as they do that, like air show plane stall to come back down. Grogu's got his hands up waving like you just don't care and they fall and Grogu's having the time of his life and once the TIE fighter is destroyed Mando looks back to make sure Grogu's good and Grogu's not good Grogu's throwing up <laughs> Grogu throwing up some Grogurt that's what I thought of Chris when I saw that that's episode exactly again exactly what it is yeah too much Grogurt, too much Grogurt. Um, and Mando being the dad that he is, is driving the minivan and wiping up the throw up at the same time. It was just, these are, that entire episode was just so relatable on so many levels, uh, with Grogu. So, you know, I think that in this matchup for me, the top seat's going to move on only because it was that right mix of childlike Grogu in class interacting with other children funny moment with Grogu enjoying the roller coaster and then that like father son child moment of Mando having to clean up Grogu's throw up it just felt like that was Grogu in a nutshell for us uh so I'm moving the number two on here Kyle I really liked your breakdown of the playing with children stuff especially when you point to the like overarching theme of Grogu looking for a place of belonging and uh, they're always talking about how Grogu needs to be with his own kind and like, what is his own kind? So seeing him on that planet, interacting with those kids was so neat. And it's a moment I didn't have appreciation for on my first watch through, but in going back, I really enjoyed seeing how much that meant to him, like having that bond with those other kids. And the name of that episode is Sanctuary, which I think is important because so many of the episodes start with the, the blank, the Mandalorian, the child, the whatever. And this was just called Sanctuary. And so it kind of like invokes images of a a safe space. And so I think it was like an emotional space for Grogu in this episode, being with all of those kids. So... Um, I love it. The problem, though, with with that being thematically significant is that we don't know where Grogu's going next. So, like, the theme is only, like, halfway done. So it doesn't really have any redemption for me yet. At this point in time, Grogu's still kind of just a wacky, crazy sidekick. So until 
we really truly learn Grogu's fate, I feel like this Grogu playing with kids thing is is a little bit incomplete for me. So I'm going to agree with you and go with the macaroons um, just because I feel like based on everything we know about Grogu now, that more aligns with the character that we currently know. Uh, So it'll advance. Ryan, do you agree with that? Yes, I, I do have to talk a little bit about the playing with the kids on Sorgon just because it did give me probably my favorite gif from season one, which is him and having the frog flop out of his mouth. I don't <laughs> of know. Of course, that, yeah. For that, that was my favorite gif, which is hence why I have have the bobblehead yeah. of, of him yeah. eating the frog. Um, and it's just fun. It's just fun because he's the most popular kid on the block you know he's the new kid and everyone loves him immediately so i i mean and thematically like you said it it is you know it's like him coming back home kind of like where he was at coruscant you know probably with some school friends and it's it's cool to see him back in in kind of his element where he probably always is the most popular kid where he goes um and then that being said though um the macaroons is just it's so good. And 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 we didn't talk about him when he's it when he's like sits in his chair and he's and he locates the macaroons, he is very chatty. He's very chatty You're in right. that scene, probably more so than any other scene. And he's like making these noises at this kid, like, yo, like you got are you gum? gonna share them or not? Like, what's up? What's up? And uh, you know, to hear him say that, and he makes this specific noise. And he makes it a lot in the show. I don't know if you've picked up on it, but he goes, Batu. He says, Batu. <laughs> and I don't know what it is, but when he says that, I'm I'm just like, that's the word. That, when I want Batu. something, I Batu. Batu. <laughs> like, that is the word. So I don't know what it means, but it is my favorite Baby Yoda word by far. Um, a very relatable scene. And then to go to the ship when he throws up, that's like a page... I know they were ripping that right off of Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes, yeah. yes. And absolutely. and I so of course I love I mean I've already displayed that I love my sci-fi baby creatures from all different worlds and galaxies. So for me to see that I was just like I knew it was a rip off of it but I was like yes. <laughs> we had to, we were we had to have that in that moment with him enjoying that roller coaster and spinning around and to blow up the throw up, not blow up, throw up that blue uh, Grogert was just fascinating. Love it. All right. Well, let's move on to our next matchup. It's number seven, Grogu saying goodbye to Mando, which takes place in season two, episode eight, chapter 16, The Rescue. Um, it is going up against number 10, Grogu helping Mando fix the Razor Crest which we see in season two, episode four, chapter 12, The Siege. So I guess let's start talking about the Razor Crest thing because we were just talking about Baby Groot because this is like another thing that is ripped directly from Guardians of the Galaxy volume two. It's the like baby creature who doesn't speak English, but we're trying to like coach him through something complicated, which we see twice in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, when they're trying to get him to steal uh, Yondu's prototype fin, and <laughs> when they're trying to... Rocket is trying to, like, tell him not to hit the button. And he's like, I am Groot? Yes. I am Groot. I am Groot. I am Groot. Gr- 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 <laughs> so, this is, like, very much the same thing. 
But um, I think what makes it slightly better for me is Mando's attitude towards Grogu in this moment. He has got the level head. He's not freaking out at all. He keeps that same Mando monotone voice throughout. He's like, take take the red wire that you just, so where the blue wire came out and put the red wire where the blue wire is. And he he just like keeps repeating stuff like that in the same voice. Um, I think it reveals a lot kind of about both of their characters in that moment. And I love the shot reverse shot of like looking down the long shaft uh, towards Grogu and then kind of the other way, looking down and just seeing like Mando uh, look peeping through his helmet. That was the episode directed by Carl Weathers, and that was kind of like the highlight shot for me was was just that little super fun sequence. You kind of knew what was going to happen. Uh, Grogu messed things up, and he caused a little little accident. He electrocuted himself straight out of Gremlins or something like that. But the funniest part is when the camera cuts to like a side view of Mando and you see the smoke just come out of the little shaft and he's like, Oh, <laughs> so, uh, I would like to, to dub that moment Grogu's hot box adventure because right afterwards, Grogu lets out a little, <coughs> and it's like, all right, Grogu. He just got secured a spot in our highest character bracket somehow. Smoked himself (laughs) out of a little. uh... So uh, it's a fun little comedy bit, not super thematically significant or like story significant, but uh, I just loved the the back and forth there. Going up against Grogu saying goodbye to Mando, which uh, is just a total like heart wrenching moment after Luke shows up, does his thing with the indestructible dark troopers. Uh, he arrives and says, I'm, I'm going to take Grogu away. So Mando picks up Grogu and Grogu gives him like a cliche, like face stroke. <laughs> um, and then Mando takes off his helmet and then like, so it's a face stroke. But what's funny is after he takes off the helmet, <laughs> it's like a face poke. He just starts poking Mando in the chin. Like, I don't know. He can't reach didn't... any further. His yeah. arms are so short. So he starts poking Mando in the face. And I'm just sitting there watching it. I'm like, I need to see a behind the scenes of this. Like, <laughs> is this, uh, was there like a props guy beneath the camera? Like with a little, like a little arm, like poking him, Pedro Pascal <laughs> in the face. Um, so funny, uh, but it's good. It's a good moment. And then uh, Mando sets Grogu down. Uh, camera cuts up to Mando's face and then back down and Grogu is grabbing Mando by the leg like children do when they don't want their parents to leave somewhere or whatever. Uh, Happy to see their parents again. So clearly we see that separation issue that Ahsoka Tano was talking about a lot. Then I think the, 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 the part of this moment that really does it for me is when R2-D2 shows up. And because Rogu is having issues like letting go of Mando and then R2-D2 rolls up, starts beeping. He's got his shiny silver body. He's got flashing little lights and Grogu's like, hmm, what's that oh, guy up to? Yeah, yeah let, let me go see what's going on over there. So he like waddles up in his classic Grogu waddle up to R2. R2 starts beeping at him and Grogu's like into it. He's like, I want to go with this guy. And 
I think that's really interesting. It kind of just like further reveals his childlike tendencies and his his puppy dog like tendencies where you have this cloaked figure wearing all black talking really slow and scary uh, and then this little shiny flashy beepy light up thing and it's like oh I want to go with that that looks interesting Uh, I think that is Grogu's character to a T and while I love Grogu helping Mando fix the razor crest I'm gonna go with Grogu saying goodbye to Mando here yeah I mean I I want to move Grogu and the Razor Crest on, um, only because I really, really enjoyed that scene. You're right; it is straight out of Guardians of the Galaxy for sure. But it was just that kind of them furthering that that father child bond of your your father trying to or your parent trying to teach you how to do something and you just not getting it <laughs> you know and the frustration associated with that if you've ever had to work with like kids or you have kids and you know you know exactly what that feeling is that Manda's experiencing there in that moment of trying to explain something that is so simple to you uh, but that a, a child would not understand and that's what that was it was kind of just like a blip moment though, right? It was very much its own thing. And then we just moved on with our adventure. It didn't really add to much other than just, like I said, thematically making sure that we know that Mando sees this kid as a child kind of figure to him. But Grogu finding his place, uh, his so-called sanctuary in the rescue, uh, or essentially what we think where he's going to be brought we don't know. Maybe we'll find out. But, um, you know, that connection moment is what really wraps everything up. Uh, Mando is trying so hard to get rid of this thing uh, throughout this entire series, get him back to where he belongs. And when it finally happens, you see that the separation anxiety is almost heavier in Mando than it is in Grogu at this point. Uh and that's that's powerful. And Grogu remembering, essentially, it feels like R2-D2 and f- we feeling like Grogu, Grogu found his place was a great moment. And it was a powerful moment. And we, we remember this moment because of its emotional impact and the fact that like it feels like things got wrapped up. Did they? I don't know. Star Wars has a tendency to not wrap it up. So we could see Grogu coming back at some point, uh, maybe saving Mando again in season three. Who knows? Uh, but I'm with you, Chris. I'm moving this on as well. Uh, Ryan, what are your thoughts with this with this choice? Yeah, I mean, the him messing around with the wires was, it was fun. That, that was how the episode opened up. So it was a great like little comic relief to open up the episode um i love i love that you refer to it as his hot box moment um but yeah the the big thing with the with him saying goodbye is i mean while we as an audience have seen din's face we've seen mando's face obviously in other episodes it's easy to forget that that's the first moment when he willingly takes off his helmet for Grogu. I mean, that, that has to account for something. I mean, this guy really stands behind, you know, 
not taking his helmet off because that's the Mandalore way. And uh, the only two times he had taken off before were when he was about to die, when they were trapped by the flame trooper, and when he needed to complete that mission in <laughs> with the stormtroopers when he had to reveal his face to get it scanned. Um, so, yeah, I mean, think of it from Grogu's perspective, like that had to be significant to him to be able to see Mando's face for the first time. Totally. So, yeah, for, so for me, that, that was, uh, that one has to move on. I think by default, it's, it's probably the most emotional I've been watching star Wars. Like, Maybe because when I was a kid, I wasn't like, I didn't get it enough to be sad about and like devastated about when Anakin turned when he had his duel with Obi-Wan and he's burning up uh, screaming, I hate you at Obi-Wan. That probably is the next like saddest moment for me because they were like brothers and he's like, you know, I loved you, Anakin. You are my brother. And he's like, I hate you. <laughs> so I have the high ground. Oh, don't do it, Anakin. But yeah, so I mean, but really think about it in Star Wars, like in the sequels, like there's nothing that really, I mean, maybe Han dying, but it's even not, it's not, it, it feels like it doesn't compare for me, you know, like we spent so much time with Mando and Grogu through these 16 chapters and you, you love their bond together. I mean, truly you see them bond together more than any other character throughout Star Wars anything unless you're talking clone wars but that's seven seasons you know it's, it's it's a bit much this is the most intimate you know like strong bond that we really get to experience a lot of in live action and then for this moment to come together like it truly was like an emo as a star wars fan it was an emotional moment to see him get and take away from his father so i mean when you talk about uh, earlier, we talked about underseating and like maybe something we didn't agree with. Like this one, now that we're coming back to it, feels like feels like a big moment to me. Um, so so yeah, when it comes to emotion and the, the big picture things, you know, this one feels big. So I I totally agree. We'll go with this one. We'll see how far this uh, big moment goes in the next episode. It's time to move on to the number three, Grogu Sippin' Soup on Sorgon from Season 1, Episode 4. First, the number 14 seed, Grogu's name being revealed from Season 2, Episode 5. I'm going to keep this short. I didn't care what Baby Yoda's name was uh, at all, and him sipping soup was an iconic moment. Sippin' Soup here is moving on for me. Oh, man, Kyle. Um, I don't know. I think both of these moments are kind of overrated. Um, the, the name reveal, Ryan said it at the beginning, it was an important moment. Um, but it was one that I didn't know we were ever going to get. I don't know that it's entirely necessary. Like you said, to like, know what Grogu's name is. So is it just me or is it like weirdly similar to Yoda? It's like, they took like one syllable and then another grow, you know what it's sim you know what it's similar yeah. to what babu well, okay we got we got babu, babu. so like yeah they're they're going for like they're going they're going babu, for cute grogu little, come on ba you know. babu babu grogu yoda um <laughs> so like i don't know that part was kind of unnecessary for me but they do have a pretty solid conversation after 
Um, and we get Grogu responding to his own name. Mando's like, Grogu. And Grogu <laughs> looks up and he's like, Gah? And then he's like, Grogu. And he's like, Duh. Batu. Um, Batu? Um, so it, that's kind of, yeah, those, those funny Grogu noises are super underrated, to be honest. Um, this conversation they have gets really boring, though, when they start talking about, like, the origins of Grogu and stuff. And what does Grogu do, just like he does best? He falls asleep during the conversation. He's like, I'm out. Good night, yep. sweet prince. Um, which is kind of like, uh, that is like a perfect representation of like how I feel about that scene, sort of. It's just like, let's just do some exposition conversations. Night, night. This moment's going up against the sipping of the soup. Kyle, like you said, it's iconic. Like it is hands down the most uh distributed meme slash photo of Grogu that has come out of this whole series. It's on t-shirts, it's on merch. Uh, you know, I think that stands for something in itself, like a, a recognizable moment that casuals will remember. And and Grogu's name being revealed, I don't I don't know that people care about that as much. Um, like I said earlier, I don't really care about his origins or where he's going. I I'm more interested in the character as it exists right now. And maybe we can break maybe we can break it down a little bit more, like what this soup thing reveals about Grogu in the next episode, because I am advancing it here pretty easily over a Grogu's name reveal. Ryan, do you agree with that? I think it's it's cool because we don't always know that Mando is getting through to Grogu. Like, when is there ever a moment when he communicates to him and he listens and, like, does as exactly as he says? And in this moment when he says – he says it multiple times. He right. says Grogu, and then when he turns and makes that little Grogu noise, it's, like, it's cool because, like, there's finally, like, that click where, like, he responds to him directly. Um, so I, I really like that, which is why I thought it was a little bit underseated because it, when we talk about this show and like the importance of, and the theme of them connecting as like father and son, I think this is a pretty strong moment for that. Um, I don't think it's strong enough to t overtake the number three seed here with him sipping the soup because that is such an iconic thing. Um, like I said before though, it, there's a little bit of confusion there with, his father getting taken down and like beat up by Cara Dune and he's just sipping soup watching the show. And then later on he's force choking her because they're arm wrestling. Yeah. Um, but in that moment when it happened and when we were watching, it was so iconic because they're literally going at it, just beating the hell out of each other. And we quick cut to him and he's just slurping on that soup. It's just, uh, you know, it's it's classic Grogu, and how could you not, you know, how could you not love him? So I will agree with you guys. I will advance that one too. Um, just had to show love to Grogu's name because I think it is still, it's still really cool. Because like you said, you didn't know it was a moment we were gonna get. No. And maybe in in that way, you think maybe it's not as important, but also you could look at it like it's cool. Like he actually has a name. He's not Baby Yoda. He is like a person who has been in the galaxy for 50 years. So he does have a name and he is, he, you know, he's a guy who's cool. 
Speaking of age reveals, let's dive into our last matchup. It's the number six seed Grogu meets Mando from season one, episode one, chapter one, The Mandalorian, going up against the number 11 seed Grogu activating his force beacon, which is from season two, episode six, chapter 14, The Tragedy. Um, Man, Grogu and Mando meeting, like that is just such a great moment. And it was one that, I don't know, like I said, I, I don't watch these things as they come out. So I saw it on Twitter. It was some ki- kind of clickbait article that was like, oh, so this is what the Mandalorian's about. And I was like, all right, I'm going <laughs> to click that. I don't have any intention of watching the Mandalorian. So let's check it out. And it was like, oh, we have a baby Yoda. And I was like, please God, no, this is exactly what I didn't want because at this point in time and still do have a pretty sour relationship with, with new star Wars. I just don't think it's very good. And, and part of the reason is because everything connects back to the Skywalker saga. It's what I said in our best thing of 2020 bracket and why I did not like the finale of season two. And so like, learning that the very first episode they like connect it again i'm like i i don't need to see this at all i do not care about this but i gave it a shot anyway and i was extremely pleased with uh the mandalorian and and it ended up not being what the show was about up until the last you know 10 minutes of season two um and i really loved the way that they met here Mando goes in, shoots his way through some crazy fortress, and he gets to the little baby carriage. IG-11 goes to bust a cap in Grogu, and Mando saves the day, shoots IG-11 in the head, and uh, we see the little baby looking at up at him, so innocent. And really, like, the money shot is when Grogu lifts his little finger up, and Mando puts his little finger down and cut to credits. I, I mean, it reveals a lot about both of their characters in that one silent moment. You have this little tiny creature Grogu who is very curious and this like super hardened bounty hunter guy who might have a little bit of a soft side. And like, that's what the show's about. So, like, the the whole theme of The Mandalorian is right there in in one frame. Uh, It's just absolutely brilliant. Uh, That moment's going up against Grogu activating his Force Beacon. Uh, Pretty weak. I mean, it goes... uh, It follows Ahsoka Tano telling them to put him on this rock so that he can communicate and call in some other Force creature. I don't know. I don't really care. Uh, The one thing that was really interesting to me in this moment was Grogu's uh, super pure meditation form. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's got his his three fingers in a a legitimate, uh, it's called a mudra, is is like the the hand signals you make when you're meditating. And and this particular mudra is called the Gayan mudra. And uh, it is a mudra of knowledge that increases memory, power, and sharpens the brain and enhances your concentration, which is like all things that Baby Yoda was trying to do in this moment. And to cap it off, that mudra prevents insomnia. And what happens right after Baby Yoda is done with this meditation? He falls asleep. It is perfect. (laughs) 
Uh, I do not practice uh, meditation or uh, yoga or any type of Buddhism or Hinduism, anything like that. So if I got that information wrong, I am sorry. It's just what I found on the internet. <laughs> I thought it was pretty cool. Um, those are the kind of, like I said, cool details that this show focuses on that that maybe new Star Wars sometimes doesn't. Uh, I, I am going with the Grogu meeting Mando in a pretty easy win here just because of the thematic significance and it sets us off on this whole grand adventure. As someone who doesn't, isn't in tune with like Star Wars canon at all. The uh, Grogu, you know, activating this force beacon like went over my head. I was like, I don't know what is happening right now. I, I'm assuming he's gaining some knowledge, um, but it turned out that he was like essentially yelling out for help. It seemed, I would assume, and, and Luke heard and, and came through. So, like, the moment itself brought upon a very good moment in which it saved his life. But the moment as it stood was a little confusing to me only because I just didn't quite know what was happening. Like, was he going to come out of this force thing that he's just activated and just be like raw is that thing gonna like send him a, a lightsaber somehow and he's just gonna like start jumping around like yoda and whatever movie that was in in the prequels you know like what what are we gonna get out of this and when it just kind of ended and he fell asleep and then got taken was so anticlimactic to what was actually happening uh and i didn't get an explanation and i probably could have known what was happening had I had any sort of background knowledge, I guess. Um, but for the casual that I am, didn't quite make any, didn't make sense until the very end in a moment that was a lot better than that one to me. And it, across him meeting Mando is, you know, there's so, just so much foreshadowing in that very quiet moment of Mando protecting Grogu Grogu lifting his hand up, which he will continue to do all season long to protect Mando. It was that kind of like, I owe you and like, I know you owe me and I'm going to keep you safe because you're actually really cute. And also like without that reveal, they could have butchered that reveal if they really wanted to. And that was just like the perfect baby Yoda reveal where like, it's the shot of baby yoda's head with the big old ears and the big old eyes and you knew instantly that this thing was going to be a hit obviously disney didn't because they didn't have any merch ready to go right away but we were like this we love this thing a lot um and we feel like it's mando's going to also love this thing a lot just by the fact that like he didn't straight up you know hide him and, and carrying him off to go collect his bounty there's some sort of connection there so I'm with you, Chris. The number six seed is going to move on to wrap up this first round, this first episode. Uh, Ryan, your thoughts on that matchup and just where we ended up overall? Yeah, I think, um, you know, uh, him him activating this force beacon is, like you said, you touched on it. It's It's really important for our story here because without this moment, we don't have the ending that we have. Right. You know, we don't have the Luke reveal and and that whole epic scene, which I I loved as someone that loves the whole story of Star Wars. Um, so I think it, it was really important. And his 
him sitting on there meditating with his three fingers <laughs> like it was it was a truly an adorable uh baby yoda moment um but i think what was our other moment here what was the one that moved on mando meeting grogu yeah i mean in the moment you know if you know the timeline of mando and you know that this can't actually be baby yoda the questions that this raised and it's it it sets us up on our whole journey, right? Like the first episode is good. It's like, all right, this is a good show. It's Star Wars. We're enjoying it. It's a it's a bounty hunter. He's going around getting his bounties. And most people that are like diehard Star Wars people are just soaking it all in and loving it because it's Star Wars that we that we don't get. You know, it's it's Star Wars that doesn't have like just the Force. It's it's the other parts of the galaxy. Um, so you love it, but then the cliffhanger that we're left at at the end of the first episode is truly like <laughs> yeah. it's incredible because like you know first first your mind's racing you're like is this a baby yoda and then you know that it's it's not but like where do we go from here and you're instantly you're instantly like just totally invested in this in this child and their bond and their connection so it's uh I mean, it's totally significant. And like you said, it 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 reveals a soft side to Mando, which for the first 40 minutes of the episode, we only see this guy dragging in bounties and doing the dirty work. And then you instantly know that he's a father-like figure to this to this child. So a 50-year-old child who is a, a growing boy who likes to eat. And that's relatable. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right, everybody, we've got our Elite Eight set. Next episode, we'll start off with the number one seed, Grogu, neutralizing the Mudhorn versus the number nine seed, Grogu, roasting that Stormtrooper. We've also got the number four seed, Grogu's Frog Egg Feast versus the number 12 seed, Grogu, riding in IG-11's chest pocket. Then we've got the number two seed, Grogu, eating too many macaroons and promptly throwing them up versus the number seven seed Grogu saying goodbye to Mando. And then our final elite eight matchup is going to be the number three seed Grogu sipping soup on Sorgan versus number six, baby Yoda meeting Mando for the first time. Ryan, thank you so much for joining us on this Grogu filled adventure. We look forward to having you back next week. Yeah, guys, this is, uh, like I said, this is the most fun I've had uh doing video chats or, or zooms or podcasts since we started doing these things about a year ago so thank you very much and i look forward to chatting more grogu with you guys all right everyone you know how to reach us if you've got something to say about this stuff you got some bones to pick with our grogu takes send us an email at mousemadnesspodcast at gmail.com hit us up on twitter instagram facebook or Discord. All of those are linked in the description of this podcast. Thank you so much for helping us reach 75 episodes of Mouse Madness. We really appreciate all of you listening and following us on social media. Till next time, folks, may the force be with you. Yo, this is so fun. I love this. I love it. <laughs>